Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Face Turn Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. My name is Noah Trombley, joined as always by Mike the Pun Master Rifkin and Lawrence Patchman Lang. Gentlemen, how you doing? I like good. How, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, but I like how the Zoom meeting asked me for consent to make sure that it was okay for you to record me speaking, even though <laughs> I'm gonna hear, even though the audience oh, still gonna hear the audio and not see the visual face of us. <laughs> But I still like how Zoom asked for my consent. So good on Zoom. Well, yes, good good on Zoom for asking for consent. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a busy, busy week of wrestling to cover. We're going to talk about some things that happened on Monday Night Raw this past week. We'll talk about money in the bank. But we got to start with some real breaking news that happened just a couple days ago. And that was two major stars wrestling stars might be heading to all elite wrestling. And those two names are CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Uh, so both these guys have the court have reportedly been in talks with AEW. Both of them have reportedly again, this is reportedly have signed with AEW Wrestling. This is an article from Wrestling Observer uh, Radio uh, about yesterday. Uh, Dave Meltzer noted, while no one has been able to confirm either signing, Meltzer said Brian and AEW have been talking for months as he's considering WWE, AEW, New Japan as his next destination, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then kind of just says the same thing about punk. So body, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, what's his name? What was his name? Nick Cassidy or someone like that over at Bodyslam.net. He confirmed that Daniel Bryan is signed with um, with AEW, and then uh, Sean or who was it? Someone at Fightful, I believe, reported that uh, Punk had signed with AEW, but no one has confirmed those those pieces of news yet. So. As we talk about this, take this with a grain of salt. One person has reported each one that signed, but neither one has been confirmed. But, Mike, I'll throw it to you first. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that both Punk, Punk and Brian have signed with AEW. What's your reaction to this? Well, I, I think I'll start with Brian because I think that's the easier one to gauge it. Remember, we haven't seen him since WrestleMania. And let's embrace the fact that Daniel Bryan was the last real guy WWE who the fans really forced WWE to push. The fans were behind him, and they were able to push him to the moon. So this is another example of AEW kind of giving fans something they want to see. And also, let's not forget the great matches we could see Daniel Bryan have, whether it's Cody, Omega, Jericho. Let, let's have some fun with Daniel Bryan. Um, as for Punk, this is more of me being cautionary of I'll believe it when I see it. Because for how long have we heard rumors of CM Punk coming back in general? And it's since 2014 when he first left, and everyone thought everything would blow over in six months. And oh, hey, 2015 rolls around. Punk's coming back. 2016, he's coming back. 2017, maybe. Oh, he went to the UFC and had a 0 1 in 1 record. 
2018, maybe Punk's coming back to the E. 19, maybe. 20, maybe. Now 2021, here we are. And and I still remember when he showed up on that show backstage, I think it was called, with Renee Young. Everyone thought that was it. That was his return. Nope, he just signed a contract with Fox, not the WWE. But And then he did two episodes and the show got canceled. And then, yeah, the show got canceled. But look, would it be cool to see CM Punk again? Sure, but we're going on what? eight or nine years without him being in the ring ring. I mean, as cool as it would be to see him return in general, I'm going to be cautious on that one, but it's very cool on Brian. So you believe that punk, do you believe that punk is still up in the air? And you believe Brian has signed. I think Brian signed punk. I'm, I, I, punk is, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. And trust well, me. The social media will see it, and it will be – it'll go berserk. <laughs> Lawrence, how, what's your reaction to Punk and Brian? I'm excited about both, if both are true. I agree with Rifkin. Brian's probably a done, done deal. The American Dragon is going to AEW. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to have matches we've never seen before, or we'll see again, depending on – who he faces. Nothing wrong with a Brian Jericho match. That would be great. But you flip it over, we can get Brian and MJF, Brian and Darby Allen, Brian and Orange Cassidy. The list goes on and on. And it's going to be exciting if he's end up if he's jumping ship. Punk, on the other hand, if CM Punk comes back, you think the world imploded this past Sunday with Money in the Bank and John Cena returning. The internet's going to really implode if CM Punk comes back. Everyone's been waiting for CM Punk to come back. Granted, Punk said he would never wrestle again. He was done. You know, he needed to get away from the business. Do his own thing for a couple years. He got married to AJ Lee. He did his own thing for a few years. But I think Punk's realizing, you know, he needs to come back and close a chapter. And maybe go off into the sunset the right way instead of the way he left in 2014 when he left WWE. But if Buck comes back and wrestles, there will be a little bit of ring rust, of course. He hasn't wrestled in eight years. But once again, that door opens for matches. We can get Punk and Jericho again. Imagine a promo battle between Punk and MJF. So it's going to yeah. be... It's going to also be amazing if Punk comes back, and I will be the first one in line to buy a CM Punk t-shirt because I've always loved CM Punk, even when he first came in to WWE at the rebranded ECW. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you, too. I think I, I agree with both of you that I think Brian is a done deal. CM Punk, on the other hand, I, I mean, what was it? Uh, uh, what was it last year or two years ago? it was that whole story that emerged that Cody had sent CM Punk, like a text saying, this is when you'll work. This is the time you have to be there. This is who you're working with. This is the event. You'll, this is where you'll be working. Blah, blah, blah. And Punk was like, Oh, they didn't send me a contract. And it's like, dude, like what? So yeah, I'm on the fence with Punk again. Like you said, Mike, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but Brian, I think has signed. So I'll cover Brian first. Brian, it's, it's very exciting for him because I think he's fought about everybody you can in WWE. Uh, he's fought Roman, Cena, uh, pretty much everybody, Cesaro, Rollins. 
he's had every single one of those matches. So I think him going to a new company with new fresh talent, with the talent that they have in AEW will be fantastic. I mean, you guys talked about, you know, Jericho and stuff like that. Think about Adam Page, Miro, Andrade. Um, Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Dar- like uh, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana. Like, just so many, like, you have, like, Ring of Honor rematches and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's a very exciting move. And I think it it needs – this needed to happen. I Because – if, if let's say Brian, like we said, Brian, I think has signed. This is probably the biggest move of someone like switching brands or switching shows ever since John Moxley first debuted for AEW. Because think about it, yeah, Malachi Black and Andrade were big moves, but let's face it, they were never the star power that Dean Ambrose was in WWE. Mm-hmm. They never reached that height. Brian maybe exceeded that hype in in WWE. You you can make the argument as great as Moxley is that Brian's the biggest to jump ship since the Outsiders. Yeah, he's going to be that big of a move for sure. Um, so yeah, it's very very exciting times, and I really hope that both of these are true because Punk would be great too. I mean, Punk versus any one of those guys except for Brian would be amazing. Again, Punk is kind of the one of I got to see him on a show before I even take any sort of, uh, I guess, believe it. I just got to believe it when I see it because this has been happening so often that, but if it does happen, if it finally does happen, I would be very excited to see it. No doubt in my, my mind. I mean, we were talking the other day, you no, know, about Punk and. It was kind of like we we're talking about ways you could debut them. And I, because I'm guessing here, I'm not, it's not set in stone that Jericho's going to win these four matches to get to MJF. And the result is going to be, you know, a loser leaves a W match and Jericho will lose because he, he'll go on tour Fozzie. And MJF just cuts a promo either right after the match or the next dynamite to how great he is, and then all of a sudden you could see him saying he's the best in the world or something, and then out comes Punk. You could definitely do that, and I would definitely be all for that. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all for this. We're all very excited for this. I got to throw a question to you two uh, real quick because I've been seeing this debate a little bit online. Um, it's kind of a question because of currently who is the world champion in AEW. I don't know about you guys personally, but for me, I don't need Brian or Punk to ever touch the world title. Their legacies are made. Just use them as dream match producers. They don't ever need to touch the world title. Mike, do you agree with that? Yeah, they don't need the world title. Now, if you want to put the TNT belt on them to put over some younger talent, I have no problems with that. Neither one has to be the world champion. No. Because I, I did see a lot of people say, like, oh, my God, Brian should take the title from Kenny Omega at All Out. It's like, no, Adam Page needs to be that guy. You need to crown Adam Page. He needs to be the new face of AEW because he's the first – you'd be the first real, like, homegrown talent. Because remember, who are who have the three world champions been? Jericho, Moxley, Omega. 
all three of them were big stars before they came to AEW. You need a guy who got big in AEW, and that'd be Adam Page. Uh, Lords, I'm oh, sorry, my go ahead. I, I was just going to point out if you're going to have Punk be there, have Punk continue to be the rebellious one. Just do rebellious stuff with him. Have him fight Cody. Have him fight whoever. It doesn't have to be for the belt. You're right. Uh, Lords, what's, what's your uh, re, uh, answer to that? Do, do Punk or Brian ever need to touch the world title? I would say Punk, no. Because we know Punk was championship material. He got, he both, both hypothetically, well not hypothetically, both Punk and Brian both held the WWE title. They're jumping ship to AEW, supposedly. I say Punk doesn't deserve the world title. Like I say, let him be the rebellious one. Let him go against Cody. Let him go against... Let let, let him be the anti-establishment again. Brian, I say you give him the world title. Not not right when he comes in, but if he signs... All right, we're back. Uh, sorry, we had a little technical technical difficulties there, uh, people. Uh, Patchy, we're talking about Brian. Oh yes. So, you know, it, it's a weird situation with Brian because I feel you know I say we give him the world title in AEW. I, I say you don't you don't have him beat Kenny Omega for the title. Like I said, you wait maybe a year or two down the road, see who's the champion then, and then. You make an assessment of, hey, let's put the title on Brian. Okay. But then again, no, if they, if, if they don't give Brian the world title, I'm all right with that. Once again, you could put the TNT title on Daniel Bryan or CM Punk and have them build up the talent. Yeah, I think that would be a, a fantastic way to use them, give them the, the mid-card title. The world title, to me, like I said, it needs to be your big stars of the future. And I think, to me, that's guys like – Adam Page or who else like could I'm just kind of looking through the roster right now. That's your Adam Pages. That's your Darby Allens. That's your hmm, who else is on here? That's your maybe a Joey Janela, you know, maybe a Lance Archer. You know, these these older veterans of the of the rest of wrestling, to me, they don't need to be world champion because their legacies are made. To me, world championships make the, the man. So use them to make the man. Don't, you know, I don't think you need to have Brian and Punk win the world titles just because their legacies are made. You could also bring them in as mentors. Think about what they're doing with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer and Sting with Darby Allen. Mentorship or align themselves with somebody. You could totally do that too. And I don't think the fans would be disappointed. No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, that wouldn't work for Punk. No, I don't think so either, but it kind of just said, well, he could be a mouthpiece for someone, but I don't think he, I don't think he's actually coming in for that. I think if he's coming in, he's wrestling. Yeah, to me, it's he's, he's, and, and that wouldn't fit his character either. He's a lone yeah. wolf. He runs by his own rules and any kind of thing like that. 
All right. So any final thoughts, guys, on Brian or Punk going to AEW? I can take my money if they both show up. Yeah, seriously. I will we'll only be watching AEW at that point. CM Punk merch all the way. Coming in my future. Yeah, for the sure. The only question is, do they debut before or after Goldberg wins the WWE title? Uh, you will have your time, Mike. Don't worry about it. But we got some other things to talk about first. So Mike was just mentioning a return that happened this past week. But we got to talk about the biggest return for WWE this week. And for AEW, too, because they had their return about two or three weeks ago. We just never mentioned it. Fans are back, guys. Arenas are packed full. Um, WWE just had their first batch of shows in front of a crowd this past weekend. Uh, SmackDown took place on Friday. Money in the Bank took place on Sunday. And then Raw took place on Monday, all with full capacity crowds. AEW has been kind of doing shows just in Jacksonville with a full crowd. Uh, Double or Nothing was in front of a full crowd. Uh, Mike, just kind of out there, but uh, what do you? how do you feel about having fans back in the arena? It feels normal. I mean, I, I think that's the best. If, if, if any sporting event, I don't care if it's baseball, hockey, wrestling, you, you need the fans. The fans are what give it its purpose. Um, and, and I will say this because I, I will actually give WWE some credit because everything is based off reactions. If you look at what happened on SmackDown and Money in the Bank and even Raw, you don't get those kinds of reactions on the Thunderdome. You, The live crowd is what makes the reactions. The, the live crowd is what makes the returns and everything so special. The mm-hmm. pops and you know, it, it, it's just so nice to see things kind of get back to normal a little bit. But it's nice to see that they're back. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Patchy, what are your thoughts? I agree. You know, Friday Night SmackDown, great opening package of them, you know, assessing the last year and a half of the pandemic and then going through, hey, fans, we've missed you. And then, sure enough, in true Vince McMahon fashion, comes out to no chance in hell and says, where the hell have you been? And then he just turns around and walks out. And the crowd goes nuts. Like, only Vince McMahon can do that. And then, you know, Money in the Bank had, you know, the, the, the crowd was just hot for everything. 86 hours, it seemed. Mm-hmm. So and I, or 84 hours, however, or 96, whatever the terminology is for four days. And I told you guys this was going to happen. I knew there was going to be this, like, when they got all back, there was just going to be this rush because everyone was just waiting to just burst out with, the cheers and the booze and everything. I mean, Roman was getting booed out of the building when he first showed up on SmackDown. And then sure enough, the pop that Edge gets when he enters for their six-man tag match. Oh, my God. It sounded like Austin was in the building in 1999. Well, yeah, that that, that first, like, 10 minutes of SmackDown, I had goosebumps for the first 10 minutes of SmackDown. Through the package, through everyone coming out, my hair was sticking up and my skin was just my my body was just going. I'm like, I missed this. Yeah, it just feels right. And it made me want to watch an episode of rest, uh, an, a, any wrestling promotion. It made me want to watch an episode or watch for the night because fans were back. Because the fans make the show. They do. So, 
So, yeah, fans are back. We're great to have everyone back. Can't wait to see more shows like this um, and have the arenas packed to the brims with people screaming their heads off. So let's get to one of those shows, and that was Money in the Bank this past Sunday. Overall, guys, I thought this was a really, really strong pay-per-view. One of the – Go ahead. I don't think there was a like a single weak spot on this card. Uh, Mike, do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think there was a weak spot. That was there, a good show. There might have been one, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But it wasn't exactly a weak spot. It just wasn't as strong as I think everything else. But let's run down the card and let's review the matches. Up first on the pre-show. We've got for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos defeating the Mysterios to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Lawrence, what'd you think of this match? Great match, you know. Uh, unfortunately, um, I don't agree with the booking decision because of what happened earlier in the week or the last two weeks with a certain wrestler. But then again, you know, it builds the story, I guess, of the bloodline having all the gold. Granted, I've, I, love, I love Bray and Dominic Mysterio, but once again, who doesn't love seeing the Usos as tag champs? So, in my opinion, great pre-show match. I wish it was on the main card because I think that deserved it over, no offense to uh, the Viking Raiders, um, Omos and AJ Styles, but that should have been your pre-show kickoff match. You should have saved that match for the main card. But overall, three and a half stars. Okay, Mike? It, it was a good match. Look, I, I'm going to just back off of what Patchy said. I disagree with the results because in life there should be consequences for your actions. And this didn't feel like a consequence. This felt more like a reward. Um, one of the Usos got arrested. Was it a DUI or a DWI? DUI. DUI. Mult- multiple. Uh, look, the Usos as tag champs, it's fine. They, they don't care about the tag division on either show anyway. It's a fine match. I'll, I'll go three and a half stars also, but it is what it is. I Yeah, I piggyback off you guys what you said about what you mean, so, but aside from that, uh, I go three and a half as well. I, I thought this was a very solid match, very solid tag team fundamentals. Ray and Dominic, just it's so cool to see a father and his son be the tag team champions and to wrestle as a tag team. And Lusos are, for me, again, I know what happened this past week was a big blow, but the Usos are, I think, you could make an argument that the Usos are the best tag team ever, honestly. I think when you look at this era, I, I don't know when they debuted. So if you look at the last Ten eight, years. nine years, yeah, it's them or the new day. Yeah. Um, but if you're talking overall, they're probably in the top 10. I wouldn't go as far as saying they're the best, but they're probably in the top 10. For sure. Although, uh, but yeah. them versus the Hardys in their prime would have been, oh. Oh, what an amazing. But yeah, great opening match. Got the crowd really pumped into it. And yeah, they were excited to see new tag team champs. Now let's move on to the women's money in the bank match as Nikki Cross, A.S.H., almost a superhero, defeated Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan's, Lena Vega, Natalia, and Tamina to win the Money in the Bank ladder match to become Miss Money in the Bank. Now, I said earlier, guys, I think this was the weakest match of the night. 
to me, nothing felt, it wasn't bad, but nothing felt like everyone felt nervous. And I give them, I don't blame them for that because this is the first time they've been performing in front of fans in month, in year, a year and a half. But everyone did feel kind of nervous. Like, uh, what was it? Nikki A.S.H. She did the big cross body spot. She barely got there. Like, she almost just fell right to the ring. Um, there was this awkward spot with uh, uh, Natalia and Liv Morgan fighting over a ladder for what felt like ages. Just to, like I said, just feel a little clunky, felt a little botchy in places. But I agree. I I was very shocked by Nikki Ash winning. She just debuted this character, and it's like, oh yeah, she won Money in the Bank. It's like what? I no one guessed her. Absolutely, I don't think no one guessed Nikki Ash to win. Um, but it, it's good for Nikki Cross. I've always loved Nikki Cross. Um, so good for her. Uh, we'll get to her in a little bit, but I'll, I'll give this one, I'll give this one three stars. Uh, like I said, a little clunky at times, a little awkward at times, but overall fine. So that's what I'll say on that. Mike, how about you? Okay. I, I'm with you on there with some clunkiness. My, my bigger beef was the road to this match because Certain people had to qualify for this match. Others were just given spots randomly. Like, I, I don't understand the concept of having Tamina and Natalia in the match when they're already the women's tag champs. Um, but yeah, stunned by the result. I think there was a number of ways you could have went here. I don't think. I think if you pulled a hundred people, I think maybe two or three of them would say Nikki Cross was going to win. But hey, it, 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 we've we've asked for it. it was someone different, that, and that's all we wanted. Fair enough. Yeah, that that is a fair point. Uh, it was an unexpected winner, and that's a good thing. Wish she had won, uh, Mike. Do you agree? I wish she had won a little bit differently. It just felt kind of weird how it's like everyone's fighting, everyone's fighting. She just kind of scurries up and just grabs it. Yeah, I, like, is she supposed to be the sneaky type? But Like, this feels almost like how Otis won it last year. AJ couldn't grab it, and it falls into Otis's hands. Right place, right time kind yeah, of Yeah, she just, like, happens to, like, everyone else is fighting. All right, I'm just going to come up behind you and just grab it. Yeah, like, like, if everyone's down, I could totally get But if they're all up and fighting, how does nobody notice her? Well, that was a, that was the thing I noticed. It was, like, she just goes up, and I'm like, oh, she's not going to wait because she's going to get knocked off. And then she just unhooks it. I'm like... Oh, she did it. That actually worked. Uh, yeah, it was it was very surprising. Uh, Patchy, your thoughts? I, I want to Liz Morgan because Liz Morgan's overdue for. Yeah, least. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Give something to Liz Morgan, please. The love of God, WWE, if you're listening out there, or anyone booking this crap. No offense for your booking decisions, but you know what? Kind of happy Nikki won. You know. Once again, when WWE, when we think WWE is going to be predictable, what do they do? They throw us the curveball or the split finger and say, hey, here's a swerve for you. Good on her. You know, the match could end a little bit differently. I, I agree with you guys. Just her climbing the ladder, front hooking. I'm, I'm watching that in my room. And I'm like, just one that way. That's kind of stupid, but all right, I'll go with it. But yeah. So, solid three star match, in my opinion. Could have been a little bit better. Could have been worse. We'll take what we get. 
Uh, Mike, would you give would you give first star uh, rating? I'll go with you guys. I'll give it a three. Yeah, solid. But again, I nothing to write home about. You know, this isn't like where we'll get later because I think the other one was, oof, that one was good. Uh, all right, up next we have the Raw Tag Team Championships as AJ Styles and Omos defeated the Viking Raiders to retain the titles. Patrick, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on this one? You know what? Great way to showcase Omos. As people say, he's probably the next big, tall athlete to make a reckoning, hopefully. Because a lot of people think he's putting in the great work. Recently on, I think it was Stone Cold's Broken Skull Sessions, Kevin Nash praised him. And you know what? I think Omos is in good hands with AJ. AJ is going to probably help him out the best to his ability. And the Viking Raiders put up a great fight. It just shows that, you know, hey, when there's this seven-foot-four tall man in the ring, he's going to take control. That's what he did. They had me for a minute. I thought they were going to give it to the, Ra- the Raiders. And then, nope, it was like, all right, we, we know AJ and Omos are going to. But overall, it was a fun, entertaining match for me. I'll give it three stars as well. Yeah, I'm with you, Patchy. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. Thought it was a three-star match. Uh, Showed Omos. AJ did his thing. We know AJ sounds great. The Viking Raiders, I think, were great underdog positions. They really kind of fought from behind to really try to take Omos down. And the spots they were doing were really, really fun between them. So, yeah, nothing really to complain about here. Mike, how about you? I think this match showcased the importance of the Viking Raiders as a whole. Remember, Ivar went out with neck surgery, and they had Eric doing the stupid Raw Underground for a bit. Yep. These guys are so good. Like I, I know they lost, and Omas is the story, but you see what you have in the Viking Raiders, and eventually... I'm going to guess that's the team who takes it off, AJ and Omos, but we know how great AJ is. Omos looks like he might be the next big thing, but the Viking Raiders are just so much fun. They are. So I'll I'll go with you guys. I'll say three, three and a half. Yeah, solid three-star match, really good stuff. (laughs) All right, on to... Match I got to talk about first. And that was Bobby Lashley defeating Kofi Kingston to retain the WWE Championship. I absolutely, I, I, okay, let me preface this by saying I feel bad that Kofi had to be the one to do this because of what happened two years ago with Brock Lesnar. But I, I don't think you can argue that this booking made Lashley look like an absolute monster. And it worked to perfection. He, Kingston got one hope spot in at the beginning of the match, and then Lashley just ate him alive. Threw him into the post, constant slams, three dominators, and then a hurt lock to end the match. Beautiful booking. Beautiful booking because Lashley's been kind of middling with the whole Drew feud and all this kind of stuff. This put the stamp on him that I am an absolute monster and I will kill you. If you're coming for this championship, I will destroy you. Beautiful booking decision. I give this, I, whenever I rate a match, I rate the story and the match itself. I give this a four out of five. I think this perfect booking made Lashley look like an absolute monster, puts him right on the fast track to SummerSlam. I know who he's fighting, so we'll get to that in a minute, but perfect booking decision. So I give it a four out of five. Patchy, what about you? You know. 
it was great to see the Dominator back because we because for a while we'll we'll I can't speak at the moment. Lashley did that like modified Dominator where he had them up for a Dominator, but then he just flipped them over on his side. No, to see the full on Dominator back, I was like, I have not seen him do the Dominator since he's been back. I thought that would be his finisher when he came back. He came back, he did the spear, and then he did like I said, he did a modified Dominator where. Hey, he had the opponent up on the shoulders for a dominator, but no, he put them on his side. I'm like, that's stupid. And then he, of course, he, he's doing the hurt lock. But to see him just manhandle Kofi for seven and a half minutes, amazing. And it's about time we see this Bobby Lashley because we've been missing this Bobby Lashley. I'm in the same boat as you. Four stars. I feel bad for Kofi once again. He's getting fed to the wolves because he got buried by Brock Lesnar in 25 seconds and then. Seven and a half minutes, it's just Kofi getting his ass kicked. But to me, th- th- this is a justified one because Kofi will recover from this one. Because what he do? He brought out the anger in Bobby Lashley. And that'll be a payoff someday, hopefully down the road. But four stars for me as well. Mike, how about you? So I'm all for a dominant Lashley performance. A, I'm not all for it on pay-per-view. But B, and more importantly, this was the wrong guy to have him just destroy, mainly because of what happened with Brock Lesnar. Look, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know who Kofi is pissed off, but Brock beats him in 25, and then this happens. And you guys are right. He'll recover, but I, listen, we all thought Lashley was going to win. I think I may have picked Kofi mainly because of who won Money in the Bank, but that's a whole other story. Lashley deserves to have dominant wins, and that I'm not taking anything away from him. But for it to be the first show in front of a crowd and him dominate a guy who is a fan favorite, I'm on the fence. I'll go four because Lashley was really dominant, but I, and I don't mind Lashley being dominant. I just think it's the wrong guy to do it against. I don't think you say argue with that. I feel bad for Kofi. I just – it sucks, but – It's not with you. It's with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it sucks. And we'll argue but, about the next opponent too. But I think it was it worked gangbusters here. It made Lashley look like an absolute monster. All right, up next we have Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley to win the Raw Women's Championship. A uh, lot to talk about in this match. Uh, they overcame the crowd which was interesting because this was the first time I think the fans really started to turn on a match. They started chanting, we want Becky. Flair flips them all off. That really gets them into it. But then really interesting because the, they really just worked this so well that they just gutted it out and said, yeah, we're just going to work this match so well, you're going to end up cheering for this. And they end up getting a this is awesome chance. So with that said, I just want to say that real quick. Mike, what did you think of the match? The match was excellent. Okay. The match itself was excellent. The storyline sucked. Yep. How we got here sucked. The match itself was awesome. Uh, did I enjoy Charlotte flipping off the crowd? I did. Because that was such a funny thing. And, and that, again, that's something you miss with the crowd was the interactions. Mm-hmm. You know, not that this is awesome, Shane, because you know, those I can do with that. But the fact that 
they can go, we want back. And Charlotte just flips them off. Because could you imagine the Thunderdome? She just she turns into the screens and flips off all the screens. You look like a fool. Yeah, you would. <laughs> so that was great. Um, The match itself was good. I'm a little disappointed in the result. Mainly because I didn't think Charlotte needed the win. Like, this was an opportunity to make Rhea Ripley into Ripley's Believe It or Not. You could have made her that kind of a star right there. But overall, match was great. I'll go four. I'll go four and a half, honestly. I thought this match was fantastic. Uh, like I said, they, they overcame the crowd, which is a really big thing to do. It just shows their poise. Uh, like I said, it's as far as the match, it was great. Great technical stuff, great brutality. The story is just what brings it down, I think, out of a five-star match for me. It's just, who's the heel? Who Who's the bad guy? Like, I know you don't need a pure babyface and a pure heel here, but Ray is doing heel stuff. Charlotte Flair is doing heel stuff. Like, Who am I supposed to be cheering for here? Who do I like I here? That, I think that goes into the crowd's chant of like, we don't know who we're supposed to cheer for. Like, and I know that, like, you know, we don't want WWE telling us who to cheer for, but when they're both doing heel things, like Rhea's doing bad things to Charlotte and Charlotte's flipping up the crowd, it's like, you're both making me mad. I'm rooting for the referee. Um, I, and again, like, I'm with you. I don't like that Charlotte Flair won. Um, she didn't need it, especially what happened the next night. Well, and not to cut you off, but this should have been redemption for Rhea Ripley after WrestleMania last year. Right. This was redemption time, and you're getting crowds back. You could turn her into a massive star, and that is just the first of a few NXT people who you messed up this week. Well, and you know what I'm scared of, Mike? Look who Rhea Ripley is becoming with Charlotte. She's becoming the next Oscar. Yep. Such a great competitor, but for some reason just cannot beat Charlotte Flair. You and, know. And, and look, Charlotte's great, and no one's ever going to take that away from Charlotte. The problem is it can't just be Charlotte and then everyone else. Exactly. Because then you're getting into the territory of when it was John Cena and, and then everyone. everyone else. And the fans are going to turn on you. And it's not going to be a pretty sight when you're supposed to face of the division or face of the show or whatever you want to call it is boot out the building every week. And not because she's getting good heel heat because it's go away. We don't want you. Right. That's it's very different stuff. Kind of, kind of stuff. Patchy, uh, your thoughts on this match. Fantastic match. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief and short because you guys already great what I'm going to say. Plain and simple. Um, Charlotte Flair flipping out the crowd. Fantastic. You know what? You want to draw attention away from the Becky Chance? Simple. Hey, you. Simple. It's sim- simple heat. Simple heat. That's what you got to do sometimes to, you know, draw attention. You know, I'm the same boat. You know, the match starts like, oh, this this crowd is not going to be in this match. This match is going to be 30 minutes of we want Becky, we want Becky. And then the crowd came around. It was like they went from being the heel fans to the face fans, and they fell in love with the match, and it turned out to be a fantastic match. I give it 
when I give I give it four and a half stars, same as you, Noah. Trent Gray match. I'm not happy that you know Charlotte won because where it looks like we're trying to make her the 17 time champion before a certain other superstar does it. Mm-hmm. Biggest fan of that. And then maybe, hey, if they're both 16 time champions, let's just have them duke it out for the 17th rank. Yeah, it, it was it was a little interesting, but well, and again, like I said, especially what we'll get into in a few minutes, it makes even less sense. But less sense. yeah, it makes even less sense. But we'll move on right now. Uh, we've got up next the men's money in the bank ladder match as Biggie claimed the briefcase, defeating Ricochet, John Morrison, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. I want to bring up uh, something earlier the night that happened, guys. Before we get into this match. So there was a promo segment where the interviewer introduced Drew McIntyre and Drew got quite a bit of booze. Like not like, like it wasn't like close. It wasn't like, Oh, it's a tweener kind of thing. He was getting booed. And I don't think it was all much in this match, but for some reason they did not want him in that initial promo segment. Lawrence, I just wanted to ask you as a fan, like, why do you think, the fans booed the crap out of McIntyre earlier in the night. Because, put it this way, we have Drew McIntyre win money in the bank. What's this mean? Oh, he's going after Roman Reigns? No, he's going after Bobby Lashley. That's his ticket back to facing Bobby Lashley for the 500th time for the WWE Championship. Even though he can't face him no more for the WWE Championship, that would be his ticket back in. And you know what? No one wants... I want to say people are not sick of Drew McIntyre, but we don't want Drew McIntyre in the title picture anymore. Give us someone else. I've been saying this for a while. I think, just like what Jeff Hardy did, and we'll get to that too, bring back his old entrance music. Maybe that will bring a little life back to Drew. Bring back Broken Dreams. Grant, Grant I love the Scottish psychopath music, but I miss hearing that, 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 that simple guitar strum in the beginning. Just simple things sometimes can bring a superstar back. Mm-hmm. rejuvenation to their character or what they're trying to do i think no one just didn't want drew, no one wanted drew in the match they wanted someone else to be in the match we could have gotten finn bow in the match or, or someone else mm-hmm. uh mike mike what were what are your thoughts on fan, fan perspective no one wanted drew in there right uh mike what's your take on this i i when you're sitting at home and you're forced to watch the same thing week in and week out, and we've talked about it on the podcast, how repetitive and crappy Raw had been. And how we could tell every week how Raw was going to start. Drew comes out, or Lashley comes out, or Miz comes out. And it all winds up with the same thing. Drew winds up coming out. And it's, yeah, we love Drew. Drew is great now. Move off of Drew. We want to see more than Drew. And I think adding him to this match, people are like, oh, crap. Drew's going to win money in the bank, and we're going to get Drew Lashley for the 4,000th time. Nobody wants that. But then there are the people who are like, oh, Drew could cash in on Roman, but that's just not going to happen. But I th- I'm with Patch. I think people are – it's not that they're sick of Drew. I think they're sick of the same title picture. Yeah, and it, that's what affects people. It's like, I want to see someone different. I've had this conversation with my sister. I wish they would leave a money in the bank slot open every year. So one person from NXT could get the spot, whether it would be 
Finn Balor, as you mentioned, or how cool would it be as, you know, oh, we don't know who it's going to be, and all of a sudden you hear Cross's theme or Adam Cole's coming out to, to Money in the Bank. People would erupt. Yeah, they would. Um, and I, I do agree with you guys. I, I think it's, it's, pure, it's pure out of a we need someone new. Drew was the star of the Thunderdome era, and he deserves all the credit in the world for doing that. But Thunderdome era is over. We're back at crowds, and we need some fresh faces. Drew can get back there. Drew can easily get back there, but your time is up. Someone else's time is now. Pun now absolutely intended. Um, I think another – and, like, this is kind of, not to go off on a big tangent here, but this is the big reason why AEW for me is just killing it every week in WWE isn't. Every week on AEW, there are fresh matchups. There are new matchups every week. Every week on AEW, you see a new a new person go against a new person. You don't see Tamina versus Nia versus Natalia versus uh, Shayna every week. You don't see Eric. You don't see the Viking Raiders versus AJ Styles and Omos every week. You don't see these matchups week in and week out and week out. And we'll talk about it in a minute because episode of Raw was the same way. And well, no, a thing about this NXT's like that too. It's totally different. You're not going to see the same matches every week. Just having that variety, I think, would ease a lot of this tension that people have. If you just have fresh matches every week, if Drew McIntyre was taking on, just say, Jinder Mahal, then Ricochet, then Morrison, then Riddle, then Big E, then whoever, if he was taking on new people every single week, it wouldn't get as boring. But what have we had for the last three months? Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at Mania, at WrestleMania Backlash, and then at Hell in a Cell. We had every single pay-per-view. Some form of McIntyre versus Lashley. And it just got boring after a while. So stop killing your stars before they can really hit their prime because you're either exposing them too long or doing this crap. But anyway, off of that, let's get back into the match. I thought it was fantastic. I, I think this is one of the best money to make ladder matches that have, have there been in a long time. I think it's because everyone was over, probably because the crowd was had the influx of that raw emotion that they hadn't been able to release for a long time, but everyone was over. Rollins was over. Nakamura was over. Owens was especially over. Morrison got a huge pop. Morrison's been doing nothing, and John Morrison got a huge pop. Ricochet doing the flip off, falling off the ladder onto the ropes and then doing- oh, oh the the poise he did that with kevin noah's continuing to kill himself for our entertainment doing that like homer simpson bent over the ladder spot off the suplex getting power bombed through a ladder biggie hitting a big ending off of seth on the ladder it was great now one more thing we i just want to mention real quick it's tough that it sucks that a lot of us didn't get to watch this big the beginning of this match because the peacock feed decided to take a big old dump in the middle of the show. I, uh, you know what? Technical difficulties happen at times, I will say that. But for I would say 20 minutes, I was like, Oh, please don't tell me my internet's fucking up again and I'm gonna miss this match. Yeah. And then, and then sure enough, no, I just go on Twitter and then I see Peacock Feed sucks. Peacock he's like, bring back the network, bring back the network. I'm like, well, that's not only me tonight. Yeah, I thought it was only me too because my internet does that every time. And then I went on, I texted Mike, I believe I texted you and Adam, and I'm like, your feed just stopped? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. 
So, Cause, but cause, because then it was like, oh no, no, it's not. That's gonna happen. Drew McIntyre is gonna win. It's gonna come back, and he's gonna win. And I'm gonna be pissed off. Yeah, that's what I was scared of. I'm scared of something happening. Uh, but the feed does come back. Uh, we'll move on from that. But Biggie wins the Money in the Bank ladder match after I think what I think a fantastic match. Great for Biggie. It's like new again. What did we say? New stars. Give Biggie this rocket push now. It needs to happen. Um, I give this one the full five star treatment. I think this Money in the Bank match was perfectly booked. Perf- great amount of action. Great spots. Everything was. It was the opposite of the, the women's one. Everything was smooth. Everything was perfected flawlessly. Like the Kevin Owens powerbomb, the way he crunched on the ladder. It was so brutal looking. Ricochet hits that beautiful sunset plancha over the top, on the top rope after the ladder. Riddle's dishing out RKO's like there's no one's business. He's infused with the spirit of Randy Orton. It's fantastic. I give it the full five-star treatment. Uh, Mike, how about you? I'll go five. I go five stars just for Ricochet. We can talk about everything else, but Ricochet's the star of this match. The height. The height. The one where he just springboards to the ladder. Oh, I never get tired of seeing that. I mean, and that's coming off of Raw a couple of weeks ago where he does, where he sits Morrison on the barricade and then he does a cross body from the ring. Oh, my. Like, have we not pushed this guy yet? Come on, Vince. But your Biggie, Biggie was the right choice because once you split up New Day, there had to be a payoff for one guy, and it was Biggie, because Kofi had Kofi Mania. I don't think anyone sees Woods as a world title guy, but if you're gonna break him up, the guy who has to break out is Biggie, and they're finally doing it, and he's Mister Money in the Bank. So they made the right call here. So I'm happy with that. Patchy? Yes, I totally agree. It's about time they pulled the trigger on Biggie. Long overdue. We've been waiting for it. We thought we were going to get it during the Thunderdome era. We didn't. Finally, fans are back. And they're going to hopefully finally pull the trigger on Biggie. And hopefully, we see a cash in in the near future and he becomes the rightful either Universal or WWE champion. What do you give the match? Four and a half stars. Perfect. All right. And then we move on to the main event of the show. And that was Roman Reigns defeating Edge to retain the Universal Championship. Uh, Seth Rollins before the match kind of spoiling the finish. But, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, This match, uh, this was Mike. I texted you during this match and I said this so many times with the, with the pay-per-views when they get this right. Roman Reigns, for the last year, every match he has, Mike, he feels like a main event. He makes the match feel like a main event because he'll take on all comers and he'll take on the over guys. And the, th- the thing that's different about Roman now as opposed to Roman two years fi- Four years, four or five years ago, is not even the fact that he he now embraces the booze, which I think is cool. But he's not doing what he was doing. It wasn't okay. Every match I have to do the drive by Samoan drop Superman spear. He's more innovative now. 
My favorite. Go ahead. My favorite parts in this match, Mike, are right at the beginning when Reigns has Edge in a shin lock on the ground and people are booing him. He's like, I'm winning. I'll do this all night long. I don't care what you have to say. I'll do this all night long. I don't care. It's so good. It is. And it's kind of, I'm not saying this to be, you know, funny, but I think Paul Heyman brings that out in people. Mm-hmm. You know, like what worked when he managed CM Punk? CM Punk was like, I don't care. I'm winning. It's good for me. Brock Lesnar, boo me all you want. I'm still important because I still have Paul Heyman here. So Paul Heyman brings this out in everybody. But this match was really freaking good, too, because we were like, we were on the fence because we were like, well, we haven't seen Edge since Mania, really. I know he wrestled on SmackDown, but we hadn't really seen him in a big spot. This match was awesome. It killed it. And and another thing, it, it just sucks, Mike, because we've known how good Roman Reigns can be. And just knowing that this type of performer was inside of him all along, it's like, why didn't you do this sooner? It, it feels like one of those things you should have pulled the trigger sooner. But now it's paying off for you. Roman Reigns is finally. But at the same time, if you had done this sooner, think of how the marketing could have worked out. Yeah. Like Roman Reigns is finally living up to his potential of what he should have been. It's fantastic. Uh, What do you give the star rating, Mike? I'll go full five on this one. This was a great match. Patchy, how about you? Solid five. I watched highlights because my dumb ass passed out after the references and then woke, <laughs> woke up in the last two minutes of the match to see, you know, Rollins cost edge. You know, but I was like, I saw the highlights. I'm like, no, what? this is an easy five stars because you know what? Once again, it shows edge is almost there to get the title back that he never lost or never won. Have you classified the universal title as the overall heavyweight title? Blah, 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 blah. But once again, Roman Reigns reigns superior. And once again, acknowledge your tribal chief. Acknowledge him. Really acknowledge it because it's it's great. Uh, yeah, I give it the full five stars too. The, the back and forth between these two was so good. I mean, it started out so slow, but that to me worked in the match's favor because Roman just toyed with the crowd and just said, when they were booing him, what? I'm winning. Stop booing me. I will do this all night long. I, I don't care. As long as I win, I don't give a crap what you guys think. And then that made the edge comeback even more volatile and even more uh, impactful because the crowd wanted so freaking bad. And he finally like gets that big, uh, I believe it was the... Um, uh, he moves out of the way of like a Roman spear or something. And he hits the turnbuckle and the crowd just started to get into it because yes, get back edge, get back at the spear through the barricade spear, like Roman spears himself, through the barricade the edge spears him through the barricade. And then it was just all, all like big move, big move, big move, big move, cross face, execution, educator, everything was being pulled out for this match. It was fantastic. Rollins interference doesn't knock it for me it sucks to see edge lose this way but we're building towards something with edge and seth which i'm okay with um so yeah i give it the full five star treatment and it was it was beautiful it was what a main event of 
of wrestling should be two guys over like Rover going at it. Hell for leather. That's exactly what a main event should be, but we weren't done with the show yet. Not just yet. We, so edge and Seth Rollins brawl up, up the arena as uh, Roman's still in the ring. Roman takes a mic says now the whole world can acknowledge me. Whose music do we hear hit? But John Cena. And the, I don't know about you guys, but for me being a fan of wrestling, his, the pop that Cena got when he came out is the loudest pop I've ever heard of live. It's the, it was up there with Edge's return. It was, it was so loud when his music hit and the crowd just went in freaking sane. Cena comes down to the ring. Gets in the ring, just kind of joust with Roman for a second. Does the You Can't See Me, and that's how the show ends. Uh, Patchy, what was your reaction to the Cena return and, you know, not having having it end the show? What a great way to end the show. As contrary to belief, people think I'm a Cena hater. Between my friends, I'm not a Cena hater. I just got tired of Cena's character. But for the first time in a while, I, I was excited to hear that beginning opening to his entrance music. I'm like, you know what? This just feels right. Gave me goosebumps. No no one sang John Cena sucks to his song. And the just because they're too busy screaming. <laughs> everyone was screaming. Like, like even male adults that hate John Cena were like, no, it's good to see Cena finally. And can we acknowledge the fact that Michael Cole actually had emotion for a second because, like, he lost his mind. He was uh, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Cena's here, Cena's here, and then there's just Pat, and then there's just Pat McAfee on commentary going, oh, my God, Pat McAfee sold it. So Where? Well. Where is he? Where is he? It's like, oh, my God, it's so great. Like even better because it's like, you know what? We're all starting to finally acknowledge that maybe we don't see John Cena, even though we do <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. ghost of Cena lives. Uh, Mike, what was your reaction to Cena coming back? Uh, I, I was stunned. And, and again, this is something we talked about before. The fans made this so worth it. The pop, you said it, no, that that rivals Austin in 98. Mm-hmm. That rivaled it. Um, I was just upset that his his brother Vin Diesel didn't come out with him, but that's oh my a god, thing. can you imagine? <laughs> I don't know if you saw that I put in our other group chat, but I put it with Adam. Was, I can't wait for the main event of Mania to be Cena and Vin Diesel versus Rock and Roman. Oh my god, just imagine that'd be great. Uh, yeah, uh, it was fantastic to see Cena back. I mean. I remember texting you guys, you and Adam, Mike, during the sh- while I saw Roman getting the mic, and I'm like, "I'll see this returning. This has to be it. You can't end with Roman just saying acknowledge me, and that's it." And of course, he hits, and that, like I said, that pop. Oh my god, it rivaled Austin '99. It really did. It, the it, the crowd exploded. Everyone was on their feet cheering for Cena. So good. Um. So, overall, Mike, what would you give a star rating? What would you give Money in the Bank 2021? I would give it a solid four. 
out of five. I'll go solid four. Um, I wasn't disappointed. I was very, it, it had some great moments. It wasn't particularly all the way, but I'll go four. Patchy, how about you? I agree. It's a, it's a solid four all day. Could have been better. Could have been worse. But any day, it's a solid four. Yeah, I'll go four too. It, it could have been better, but there wasn't anything real. There wasn't really a weak spot on the show. Like I said, the women's match was kind of clunky, but even then, it wasn't bad. Um, if that had been a four or five star match, I, we would be talking about the show as like a five star classic that you have to watch from bell to bell basically but it was very good i great way to welcome the fans back i mean smackdown did but as far as pay-per-view great way to give the fans get the fans back in the arena really kind of eject the wwe with a much needed jolt of energy now let's talk about what they did with that jolt of energy and that was pretty much nothing because we move on to Monday Night Raw the very next night, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. So to run through the show, basically, first up, we had John Cena open the show. He says he's going to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at, at SummerSlam. Pretty, pretty basic segment. He challenged Roman Reigns, talked trash to him a little bit, not much to talk about here. And then we get to my first big problem, and that was worthless rematches on the show. Because we had Riddle and the Viking Raiders taking on John Morrison, AJ Styles, and Omos. Yes, Riddle and John Morrison are in there, but essentially it's the Viking Raiders versus AJ Styles and Omos again. We're just right back to what we did, WWE. You need to stop this. This is what ruined you during the pandemic era. You need to do fresh matchups because we can talk about all these matchups I've repeated. We have this. We have Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley in the main event for the Smack for the Raw Women's Championship. Another freaking repeat match. The night after we just got the first one. On SmackDown, you're doing Bianca Belair versus uh, Carmella. Again, if you just did it on Friday. I, 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 I kind of go into my first rant here because this is just ridiculous because it's the same problems. I follow this guy on Instagram who covers all the shows, and as soon as this match aired, he's just like, same old crap. The fans are back, but the same old shit is still pervasive in WWE. I'm still upset that you haven't mentioned the fact that Riddle and Cena did the word bro. Like, no. that, that might have been the best thing on Raw at the beginning of the show. may have been the best thing on Raw, but when you have stuff like this, it just drags the show down because we're just back to where we started that you haven't addressed the problem. Uh, it just needs to change. Uh, it really does. If you want the show to get back to where it was, it needs to change. Uh, so that was kind of my first rant here. Um, Patchy, you have any response to that? Oh, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do, but we need to address the big elephant in the room. Wait. I, I have a response, though. You go, then. Pick me. Okay. I have no response to Charlotte versus Rhea. That, that's its own thing. The issue with the Viking Raiders and AJ and Omas is they don't have any other freaking teams. Yeah. That's my – listen, week in, week out on this show, I tell you guys, they don't have enough tag teams. Case in point. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and like, again, they just had so many constant, just dude, same stuff. Dude, they don't even know a football team to cheer for because they combined two teams' names with the Viking Raiders. He did. And look, when we finally got something interesting in Keith Lee returning finally to challenge Bobby Lashley and when Bobby Lashley did his open challenge, I thought, yes, here we go. Fresh feud. We got Keith Lee's back. He's challenging Bobby Lashley. And yes, like... Yes, Keith Lee lost, but hey, it was great to see Keith Lee back. He put in a good showing against the champion who just destroyed Kofi Kingston the night before. So I like, yes, yes, we're doing this. And then that freaking led into Mike. What do you want to rant about? Ah, Bill Goldberg. You're not even the best Goldberg. You're not even Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks movies. So here's my beef, Goldberg. I don't care that you come back. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I don't care that you come back. You can come back whenever you like, Goldberg, but you don't need to fight for the WWE or Universal titles because the people don't care. We, If you're going to complain, if we're going to complain about John Cena going for the record, which... If he has one other run, no one's going to care. Goldberg, you lost to Braun Strowman in one of the most un... not the most flattering of WrestleMania matches. I'll word it like that. You almost killed The Undertaker by dropping him on his head. And yeah, your matches with Brock Lesnar were phenomenal phenomenal at mania that was great all those big spots your match with mcintyre at rumble was great all those big spots it's over we don't need bill goldberg we shouldn't be resorting to the past because it takes away from the present and the future of the company no you just said it keith lee came back on raw that was overshadowed by the fact goldberg comes out right after so who the fudge cares that Keith Lee came back because Goldberg showed up right afterwards to overshadow the whole thing, let alone Lashley doesn't even say two words to Goldberg. Goldberg just comes out and says, hey, he's next. How, cool. how, you, how, how are you next? Because you're Goldberg, you could randomly just fight for titles. And this is my beef of, you're relying too much on the past. And we've had conversations about this. We talk about building up stars, and we talk about how you need to build up new stars. This is not the way it goes. You can't rely on Bill Goldberg versus Lashley. Essentially, they're the same dude. Lashley is what Goldberg was in his prime. Dominant really good now i i don't want to see this match do you guys want to see this match no i have no i have zero interest if bobby lashley loses this match he looks like a fool if bobby lashley wins this match it's well you beat goldberg bobby lashley is in a lose-lose position in this match Mm -hmm. and it's all because listen if it was Brock Lesnar, 
I wouldn't be having this conversation with you because that's a match everyone wants to see. I do not. I'm going to repeat this. I do not need to see Goldberg wrestle another match again. Done. I'm done with Goldberg. Listen, give me something. We You said it with McIntyre. Give us something fresh. No one wants to see Goldberg. Patchy, you uh, sound like you wanted to say something. That's rebuttal. Um, only thing is, if we're, if we're doing this match, Bobby Lash just needs to murder Goldberg. That's the end of the story. Yeah, that's the only way that this works. Because if Goldberg beats Bobby Lashley, it just undoes everything you've done with Lashley because he can't beat a 54-year-old man. It, it would be ridiculous. I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you. Everything you said is stupid. It, it's There's just... no reason for this. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we just went off talking about how great it was to see fans again. And you're going to feed him Goldberg? Yeah. Like, really? That's Doing not this what... again. Just, this is the route we're going. It's I, just, I'm not for it. Yeah, I don't think anyone's for it. And the but the best part is the worst is yet to come, Mike and Patchy. Well, well, I I mean this this goes right into your next argument. So yeah, in talking about young talent being passed over. Yep, young talent being passed over because we got Mr. Karrion Cross coming into Raw. He shows up as the NXT champion. No Scarlet, no cool entrance, looking like generic superstar one. And I was watching this. I was watching this and I thought, and it said he was going to take on Jeff Hardy. And I thought, oh, cool. Karrion Cross can just murder Jeff Hardy. And there you go. It's an easy squash match. Makes the anti-champion look strong. Jeff Hardy comes out with his no more words theme. Cool. Good to see that back. I don't really care. They proceed to have their match, and I think, okay, Kerry Cross just needs to murder Jeff Hardy. Nope. He hits a, tries to go for a swanton early in the match. He hits like a twist of fate after avoiding attack in the corner, goes up to the top rope, misses a swanton. Karrion Cross puts him in the corner. Jeff hits a powerbomb out of the corner, does a dirty pin, and wins. In two fucking minutes, Jeff Hardy beat the NXT champion carrying cross in two and a half minutes. This company, absolutely, this company. I don't understand why Vince McMahon hates NXT stars. I don't get it. I will never understand why he absolutely despises any NXT talent. I, I was texting our friend Adam, Mike, and I said to you guys, I to all you guys, I believe, if Cross is not – Cross is done. To me, Cross is already done. He, he's never going to recover from this. If Cross can't survive on the main roster, no one will. There's no more call-up anymore. It's you go to NXT, you do great in NXT, and then your career is over because you're not doing anything on the main roster. No NXT call-up has ever done well on the main roster. Not a single damn one. And now you do this to Karrion Cross. It's just, it's, I, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. 
if you guys have something to say, take it away because I, I, I just am so upset by this. It's just so stupid to treat the NXT champion like this. And then it comes out the next day that, oh, Vince always sees NXT as a developmental league and never believes it's on par with Raw and SmackDown. No, really, I don't. That wasn't obvious. So, so I want to break this down into a couple of different parts if I can. Go ahead. Okay, so the, the first part is I'm upset that they announced Cross coming in. Let that be a surprise. That's first of all. One, the pop. But two, more importantly, it, it gives the fans something that, oh, I, I let's go to Raw. Let's see what's on Raw really quick. Oh, snap, that's carrying Cross. Two, I just got done saying you can't prioritize the past over the present or the future. Well, what in the blue hell has Jeff Hardy done over the last four months? That's meaningful. He fought Elias a couple of times. That was it. And you're going to put him against the NXT champion? And he's going to go over the NXT champion? I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. With a a dirty pin, by the way. Like, did Jeff Hardy turn heel? And who noticed if Jeff Hardy turned heel? Right. Like, and this is all to set up, oh, Cross's main first main roster feud is going to be Jeff Hardy. Cool. Have Cross cheat to win. No one's going to care that. Because Cross is a heel. Or just, I don't know, not, don't book this. But to your point about not caring about NXT, there's nobody who actually, let me phrase that better. There's probably two people who've come from what NXT currently is who've had some success on the main roster. Finn Balor. I'm not even counting Finn Balor. Okay, who are you counting? Charlotte. Yep. And look, this and and Bailey. Those are the big two. I don't think there's been a successful male superstar who's come up from NXT from what it is now. And here's the thing, Mike. I won't even say Charlotte Flair because Charlotte Flair was going to be successful no matter what she did, because her last name is Flair. No disrespect to Charlotte, but come on. Okay, replace her with Sasha then. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Sasha and Bailey, because think about. Becky was 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 an afterthought for the most part. But they've even screwed up Shayna Baszler somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I don't think there's been a male superstar. They've screwed up Finn, as you said. They've screwed up Nakamura. Rude. Bobby Rude is no longer glorious. I mean, you could say McIntyre, but he spent what a cup of coffee in NXT. I would say if you're going to throw someone in conversation for male superstars, Kevin Owens. But uh, he should. But from what he should be, Patchy, he should be way bigger than he is. I, I mean, Ke- Kevin Owens is a fair answer. I'm totally with you. But he's. It's been a long downhill road for a while with Kevin Owens, and you're talking to someone who thought Kevin Owens could have won Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. You know, they've dropped the ball on Zane. We've, they've dropped the ball on Andrade. I, I, 
I mean, Malachi Black, Alistair Black, Tommy End, whatever you want to call him, should have been the next under. Should have been the next Undertaker. He called their booking bipolar. Yeah, one minute they're so high on you, the next, oh no, we don't care. It's just I mean, it does it doesn't make sense because these guys aren't competing with you; they're trying to become the future of your company. Why are you making your own talent look bad? Yeah, they came from NXT, but. They're supposed to be your stars of the future. Why are you making them look so bad right off the bat? It doesn't make sense. None. And it's so infuriating to watch this happen week after week after week after week combined with every other issue we just talked about. It's unreal. Uh, Patchy, you uh, you have any more thoughts on this? Poor Karrion. You know, I could always I always try to find a light in a situation, light be an end tunnel or light the light end of a situation. But with this one, I'm torn because one, I was happy to see the match. Don't get me wrong, it was kind of cool. It, um, Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy got no more words back as his entrance music. Awesome nostalgia moment. But then just to see Jeff Hardy win, I'm like, what? What are we doing here? Yeah, us winning a minute at top. Yeah. But no, it's like now we're gonna drag out this feud. You ruined the feud already. And then it's just like NXT the next night. Joe goes, he's off. Hey, Joe goes to Rigo, You have your NXT champion going off to Raw, and then it's like, all right, now we're just gonna now now he wants to believe a Samoa Joe carrying cross feud. No, you you. Just shot. You just took carrying cross into the down bag. a peg. What'd you say? Down a peg. Down a peg. He's down a level. Like he's not on Joe's level anymore. He's not on Joe's level, and it's like you just took carrying cross in the back of the shed and just pulled the trigger on him. It's like, oh well, we don't like you no more. Bang. Six months carrying cross is in AEW. Yeah, and like what what gets me even more is that NXT. It's now affecting NXT because. There was a segment on NXT where they shot it where Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe's confront each other. They had to reshoot it because everyone was chanting Hardy at him. Why do you sabotage every single person who's in NXT? Vince, if you don't like NXT, tell it to quit. Let all those guys go to other places and let them be successful there. I'm so sick of you like getting bought into this that this guy's going to be different. I said it once, I'll say it again. If Karrion Cross does not succeed on the main roster and he he's not going to, then no one will. No one will. And that's just a sad thing. And that unfortunately leads us into our last, I think, big disappointment of the week. And not a disappointment, but just no sense in WWE. We had Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship to end Raw. Again, another rematch. And the match is good. Uh, but then you have Charlotte, or was it It was Charlotte who got herself disqualified, right? Or was it Rhea? Uh, she got herself disqualified. What was that? Charlotte got herself disqualified. Okay, Charlotte got herself disqualified. So way to make your champion look strong. 
and she beats, tries to go after Rhea. Rhea beats up Charlotte for her actions. And then Nikki A.S.H. cashes in, becomes the new Raw Women's Champion. And it's like, I, good good for Nikki A.S.H., but if this was the plan, why did Charlotte need to win another championship? And then discredit NXT by saying she's an 11-time world champion, just completely ignoring NXT. I, it's just infuriating. Mike, what was your what was what your thoughts about this whole thing? Because like again, we talked about it earlier. What was the point of Charlotte winning if this was the plan? Just have this happen to Rhea. This was I don't want to say disturbing, but th- th- this was this is the problem. And, and look, I have no issues with Nikki Cross winning the belt. It's a surprise that most people are there for surprises. We are come. You're coming off of essentially doing triple threats with Charlotte, Rhea, Oscar. Now you're going to do another one, except Oscar's replaced by Nikki Cross, because my guess is SummerSlam it's going to be a triple threat, unless it happens on Raw Monday. And Becky Lynch returns and finally gets the belt she never truly lost. I, I'm with you. I don't understand why Charlotte need the belt outside of saying, oh, she won the belt for X amount of times. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's stupid. But I said all along her beating Rhea Ripley was going to be stupid. And it was. And, and this is not what, you know. Congrats to Nikki A.S.H., but... Eh, uh, Patchy, would you have any thoughts on this? It's good for Nikki. Long overdue, well deserving. Should have been when she was a psychopath as a character and not as a superhero. So, granted, the superhero gimmick will probably hopefully work for her. I wish her the best. Yeah, we wish Nikki ASH the best as an inner championship brain. But yeah, just a lot of weird booking decisions and hopefully stuff changes because it really needs to because the show, it started off on such a high note on SmackDown and Money in the Bank and now it just feels like we're back in that downward spiral of cool, rematches are every week, same thing, same same shit, different day. And well, I mean, on SmackDown, you had the Mysterious versus the Usos again. Yep, so cool. We had it was not the Mysterious versus Usos, it was um Dominic versus Jimmy. Oh, it was okay. I thought it was but but still same thing. It's the two tag teams, just one member from each team. It's the same thing. Fresh matchups, please. And it needs to change because then if also that leads into another thing. It's time to shake up some of these rosters. Yes. That's coming. We need a new superstar shakeup draft, whatever you want to call it, because that's how you're going to get these fresh matches. It needs to change now. And yeah, that that has to be coming sooner rather than late, because this is not enough. When she comes back, Becky Lynch, she and Charlotte can't be on the same show. Nope, cannot be. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn cannot be on the same show. Yep, you guys, you gotta split up some of these pairings because we can't get these, we can't get these same matches every single week. It just wears on a crowd, and we're gonna be right back to where we were two years ago. 
The crowd's barely cheering at all. No one's over. No one's nothing. When the show is boring, that's the worst it can be. It's just boring. So, all right, gentlemen, anything else to add to anything we've discussed tonight? No, it's bedtime for me. Yeah, yeah. been a long show, been a long week. But, Mike, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm I'm good. <laughs> All right, so that is going to do it for this episode of the Face Turn Podcast here on the Sports and Stadium Network. Thank you all so much for joining us. For Noah Trombley, or for Mike, I'm sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Did you just call me you? Yeah, oh, my God. It, you just you guys can tell how tired I am. It's been a long week. Dude, for- you know what? That, that might have the, – the only saving grace for you is you didn't call me Moser. No, I didn't. So be grateful for that, Mike. It's your birthday at the recording of this podcast, and you're trying to just plug yourself. I see. It is. It's, I still have three minutes left, so I just tried to throw that in. But no, it's just been a you long week. Selfish I, jerk. I apologize for that. But if anything, these listeners need to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com, to check out all our blogs and other content. That there we go. Get that in there. And but, check us out on Anchor. Yes, check us out on Anchor or anywhere you get, anywhere else you get your podcasts. But for Lawrence Patchman Lang, for Mike Pudmaster Rifkin, I'm Noah Trumbly. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.